my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How okay. was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It, it really is. <laughs> yeah. What's up? I'm Laura Carrente. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back, Adlandia. Happy 2022. Here we go. I believe this year is the year of the individual where people use their talent in non-traditional ways. And we've been talking about multifaceted identities. And now we're in the place where people can start to flex those skill sets, identities, passion points, and interests 
in places that are maybe not the traditional 40-hour work week full-time job, I do X, I am X, meaning I am a marketer, therefore I join an agency or I'm on the client side. Now we have the opportunity to say, I can actually flex those skill sets into places that I've never maybe gone before, into areas where my skills or my perspective, my point of view is really needed. And I've never actually applied it in those areas before. It got us thinking about some of the past conversations that we've had, one of which was Cindy Gallup, who talks about personal agency and what personal agency means, individual agency. And that everyone has agency. It's how you start to use it and actually apply it into your future, into your trajectory, into your daily life, and decide what you're worth, where you want to go, and really start to think in nonlinear ways about how you apply your skill sets outside of maybe the traditional 40-hour work week. Now, this has been a conversation that not only we've been having for years, there was an episode, I recall, us talking about portfolio careers. This was a couple years back. And really thinking about how your core competency or your core skill sets can be transferable into different industries to allow you to start to branch and build um, something that's as horizontal as it is vertical. So this has been a conversation that has been happening over time. But I think what we're seeing is now executives, founders, VCs start to action on it, creating opportunities in traditional structures to allow for experimentation and exploration, but even a step further building entire new business models that support not only, you know, the discovery and accessibility for employers and and contractors to connect, but also, and we're going to get into it in this episode, and I know, Alexa, you have experience and a point of view on this, supporting on the back end for things like taxes and how to set up, you know, the infrastructure of your organization that you may not have experience in. What's been on the forefront of the conversation around flexible work and using your skill sets in different ways has really been in the Web3 space. It's really been in the creator economy space. What we haven't talked about as much is how more, quote unquote, traditional tracks, functional skill sets, marketers, communicators, how are they actually starting to leverage their agency? How are they starting to actually look at branching out and using their network as a verification system and starting to look for different work, applying their skill sets into a different way and looking at potentially areas that they haven't gone into that are very different from the 40-hour work week and the full-time gig? And so to your point, There really hasn't been an infrastructure that's been built to do that. And so the guest we have on today, Lara Vandenberg, is the founder of Publicist.co. And what Publicist does is end-to-end has created a solution for the demand side, so the client that's hiring, and the supply side, the talent that's looking. And it handles everything from the back end. So that it's not just on-demand talent and a talent search agency. It's not that at all. It's actually using back-end technology, SaaS tools to help folks operationalize their skill sets, their expertise almost immediately into 
the workforce from fractional to full-time to advisory, et cetera. Why is this so important right now? Well, I think what I found interesting in the conversation, and we'll get into it in just a minute, is that fractionalized bit, that advisory bit, the opportunity to have something on demand. Laura talks about the onboarding process in the traditional model. There's the application, rounds of interviews, reference checks, you know, additional back and forth around negotiation, et cetera. By the time you go from initial discussion to onboarding into an organization, it can take quite a long time. When in fact, there are some clients, brands, agencies who are looking for support, maybe for just a matter of hours to consult on something. So that was equally interesting to me, not only the the support of the contractors, but also on the employer side, the ability to expedite the process and have options that could be something that's a matter of hours or something that's a matter of months. And with that, Lara Vandenberg. We'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. 
or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back on the mic with longtime friend, Lara Vandenberg is in the studio hanging with us today to talk all things publicist.co. Lara, I feel like we've been waiting so long to say this. Welcome to Atlandia. Thanks both. I'm so excited. I know this is years in the making. So the first time I heard about Publicist, you and I were in an airport on an eight-hour delay trying to get out uh, of, I think we were in Park City, if I I recall. Sundance, yeah. Sundance. And you said, so I'm thinking about starting this thing. And because the delay went on and on and on, I think we did like three iterations of the pitch deck together while we were sitting there. (laughs) But um, would love to hear a, a bit about the reason you founded this. Yeah, I'm happy to. And can I just say how thrilled I am that we don't have to do those eight-hour layovers in airports and that conference travel has really um, settled. It'll bounce back. It'll come back. I think so. It'll come back. But yes, agreed. But hopefully not to the extent that we were doing it on planes three times a week. But you wouldn't have run into Laura. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But so, so I think it was 20... Beginning of 2019. So I was the SVP of marketing at Notch. And I mean, even prior to that, I had a pretty, I guess, non linear career in comms and marketing. Started in Australia on the agency side and then came over uh, to New York 2013 with a big enterprise with Westfield and then beauty startup and then, you know, B2B SaaS. So all over the place. And I guess the consistent thing that my pain point was like number one was access to talent is really, really hard. And I think that our industry, as we know, is so foundational to word of mouth. Um, And I guess the one thing that I really saw is hyper-specialization in the industry is completely outpacing word of mouth. I think marketing comms creative, it's growing both horizontally and vertically from the skill sets that exist today that didn't exist even 10 years ago when, you know, I started my career. So Problem number one was access to talent and access to the right talent. I think for so long, we've relied on, as I mentioned, word of mouth and LinkedIn and even the way we engage with agencies is changing drastically. 
Problem number two was once you've actually found someone, whether it's a freelancer or a full-time employee or an agency, it takes so long from first conversation to onboard these people. Um, what that flow usually looks like, and it touches ops and HR and a hiring manager and finance is, you know, we put that URL into a Google spreadsheet and then pass it off to an applicant tracking system. It's then, you know, we interview them, we send them contracts, we onboard them. And that can take six to eight weeks. And sometimes you just want to hire someone for a day. And so that essentially was my big pain point was access to talent and then managing talent. So what we ended up launching with Publicist was a platform that allowed agencies and brands to source, hire, pay, and manage. Uh, We launched with freelancers and contractors, and we can get into how that's changed, but essentially a platform where people can go and find pre-vetted premium talent. Um, And then on the flip side, a, a community where the talent can essentially run their back office from tax stuff to invoices and contracts because I think what exists in the industry are you know a lot of staffing agencies and a lot of these contractors they've never needed to be a solopreneur or a business of one and these people are phenomenal at doing the work but have never necessarily needed to like be their own lawyer and be their own accountant and be their own salesperson and the thing is, is like anyone who has gone out on their own to freelance or consult, this is takes 80% of your time to set up. And by the way, find the right lawyer. It's not just get a lawyer. It's find the right lawyer who understands the business. Find exactly. the right, like, how do you start to think about procurement, which is actually a huge gateway mm-hmm. to your business, like all of those things. Totally. And even like, even marketing yourself is a really hard thing to do. And like, yes, we're all marketers, but... We, and we've all written briefs a hundred times in our life. But when have you ever actually written a brief for yourself? And like, what is my mission? Who is my target audience? It's a really hard thing to do. You talk about pre-vetting uh, and pulling in premium talent onto the platform for marketers, brands, et cetera, to connect. What does that pre-vetting process look like? How do you identify premium talent? Was it a call for? Was it an immediate rush of somewhere in the middle? We'd love to kind of get into your process a bit. With communications, marketing and creative, there is an abundance of talent out there. But often when it comes to brand, people are willing to pay a premium for anything to do with the outward facing, you know, regard of of brand. Now, we vet all of our talent uh, in two different ways. So there's an application process where we ask for things like portfolio and references and brands, publishers, agencies worked with, skill sets, industries. So we really try and get as granular um, experience and skill sets as possible. We then put them through an interview process. And so we want to understand what are people's experience. And so it's very, very curated. And I think to create this really premium community, we want to start with, you know, the top of the top. Um, We've got a really robust wait list that, you know, we check in on quarterly and and then let people into the platform and let them reapply and all of that. What is premium? Define premium talent. Oh, it's a really hard one. Now we have a couple of 101. So we really look at past works. That is the absolute indicator of uh, the output and the actual, whether it's creative or press or relationships. Um, so it is it is super subjective and we've got a communications council that goes in and 
and vets everyone, but it's hard. And it's so interesting. And when I talk about this hyper-specialization of both industry and skill set, like I cannot tell you the influx and by no surprise of fintech and crypto, both clients and talent on the platform, but then even defining like what is a shit coin and like can people's experience, can I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We've said worse. Yeah. (laughs) Even defining the specialization within the coins, whether it's Bitcoin or a shitcoin, whether it's go to market or PR. And I think it's that hyper specialization is just something that we're really uh, focused on. And what's interesting, we're seeing the term generalist now be a specialization. Yeah. Let's talk about that pendulum swing because as I think about 2019 approaching 22, as we all know, um, the great resignation underway and likely no signs of slowing down as more and more people are moving into freelance capacities, changing industries, completely new and interesting paths that people are pursuing. Have you seen that, felt that? What does it look like? And are there things that have surprised you, particularly over the last two years, um, that you can point to and say, didn't expect the industry to move this way, or there's an overabundance of people moving that way? I think what we're seeing is the great reshuffle, not the great, great resignation. And I think that COVID obviously accelerated the move to contract and the move to people taking a step back and figuring out what they care about and not wanting to work for average companies anymore. And one of the things that I've seen and I think is here to stay is this is a supply market. Clients are pitching talent for the first time rather than talent pitching clients, which is something really, really interesting. I also think that, I mean, we launched our business May of 2020. Like, do not advise anyone to launch a company two months into one of the greatest pandemics we'll ever see. But it was just so fascinating that we gave home to first-time freelancers who will never go back to full-time jobs. And so this was a landing pad for them in a way. But I think it will remain as a supply market. We're working with a client right now, pre-pandemic, they were receiving between 500 and 1,000 job applicants per job post. Today, so less than 18 months later, they're lucky if they get two. Wow. Two applicants. And so I think that talent has just taken a step back and figured out what their worth is and what they value. And I think it's an amazing thing for, for all industries. On that point, are you helping your clients think about and figure out like why, what is happening to their pipeline and why is their pipeline drying up? One of the things that they're open to for the first time ever is these, these companies that have never hired contractors are now hiring contractors for said roles. And so one of the things we do is, and back to Laura, you saying we provide access to talent. Initially, we launched as freelance and that was absolutely the imminent need that we saw. But you know, per the market, and we're so young that we can iterate as a, re- as a result of seeing what our clients need. We're doing temp to perm, we're doing full time, we're doing one hour advisory. Um, and so I think that's probably an education that we say to clients if you're not feeling this full time, start it as a three month temp to perm, and then see once the client has evaluated the talent and the talent has evaluated the client if that marriage is, you know, worthwhile. So, yeah, I think date before marriage is a is a huge trend we're seeing. The other thing is we're probably 80 to 90% contract on the platform right now. And historically, a lot of the people that are these contractors and these solopreneurs 
have had careers first and have figured out that they now actually want to work for themselves. And so that's also probably a reflection of the inbound that's actually that's coming to the platform. First time solopreneurs who are stepping out of corporate structures, corporate environments where you know, some of the specifics you were alluding to earlier, taxes, Alexa, you're talking about lawyers, like, lawyers. you know, the, uh, let's just say solopreneur starter pack. What's in the starter pack? What do people have to know as they get on the platform in terms of like, I need these things to just get up and running? So Laura, that's a great point around, you know, how do you operate your business through, whether it's through a platform or off a platform. And it's one of the big pain points that we had solving for what are the workflow tools that someone actually needs? What's actually helpful? And um, on the platform right now, we have the ability to send invoices, the ability to customize contracts. Um, A huge thing that we haven't spoken about is payment terms. We're net zero. Yeah. I mean, the amount of agencies that are net 30 or 45 or even 90 and some. And it's tough. Yeah, you can't do that. You cannot do that with like talent that is consulting talent. They have their own shops. Maybe they have small teams. No way. No way. And so that that was something that was really important to me. And so for projects, uh, you know, again, the talent can customize. Is it a monthly retainer? Is it per project? Is it an annual retainer? Um, It's completely customizable on the talent side. Now, we launched... Pro- with project-based engagements. And so that was 50% upfront before work was done and 50% upon completion. And that still to date is one of the most common preferences um, for both talent and clients. And so I think building out workflow tools, and then there are certain workflow tools that we've decided not to build for because we don't want to take away from the work. So for example, we've got a chat function on platform. Um, we didn't want to build a Slack integration or as like we don't necessarily want to take people away from Zoom or Slack or Gmail or how they're getting work done. We just want to help them. On the administrative side, which exactly. is, again, it takes like 80% of the time. When I first started consulting, I stayed up almost every night till 2 a.m. 9 to 2 a.m. was actually my billing, figuring out my invoicing system. What was I going to use? Was I going to use a free service? Was I going to use a paid service? Figuring it out. I mean, it was like, it was like, I mean, truly I starting over, right? Yeah. Which seems like an opportunity, by the way, from a tech product standpoint, to develop this solopreneur starter pack, like everything you're just saying, the amount of time, time is money. Yeah, it's a ton of money. And I think talent, like you as a consultant, there are two things to figure out. One is getting new business and then secondarily is bringing people on. And so that's something that on platform we do as well. And one of my favorite examples is, We've got this phenomenal fintech uh, PR guy on the platform and his business has completely changed. He's just hired his sixth person on the platform because he's getting so much work from the platform. So creating this 360 ability to hire and get hired. What's your payment? So we take a percentage. um, It starts at 20% and essentially the which kind of is built in both ways that from workflow tools on the supply side and then also the demand side. Um, but the more from a client perspective, the more people you hire, the cheaper it gets. And then uh, a big focus of ours is on the enterprise side and that kind of commission goes out the door and it's more of a, a SaaS license structure. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. 
I mean, the amount of money that people are spending on, you know, recruitment firms and staffing agencies, it becomes really, really expensive um, for access to this great talent, just trying to make it as accessible as possible. Right. Knowing that you have so much transaction happening on the platform between supply and, and demand side, are there on the back end data points that you're seeing that can really hone in on the generalist moving to hyper-specialist? So the two biggest categories right now that require hyper-specialization is fintech and healthcare. And it's probably in the last month, 80% of jobs that we've seen, which is really, really fascinating. We are probably in the last two or three weeks have seen, I want to say 60 to 70% of new net new clients in crypto NFT spaces. And what's really interesting as well, and I mean, I know offline, we've all spoken a lot about education. And I think that so many people come to us because they're like, great, we can get awesome marketing or awesome PR. But a lot of these newer companies need education that no, you actually need branding and you need a comms message, messaging strategy before yep. you need to go and engage in PR. And that I think is where it's tough with younger companies as well, because we want to help them help themselves, but you can't come to us and say, you know, we want to spend X on performance if you don't have great creative. And so I think that's, that's challenging with, with earlier companies that have great budgets. And are you helping companies like that evaluate what they need and then matching them in some cases versus someone going on the platform and saying, I really like Laura, I really like Alexa, I really like their experience and I think they're a fit for what I'm looking for? So we've got a great talent team that can you know, help hold hands, but we also try to solve it through content and education and tools on the platform. I mean, we are a product. And so things that we've created, like a budget calculator and understanding how much you should be paying for talent and what is normal and that kind of like, that alleviates that conversation that we need to have. And what we're trying to do is create products and tools for a lot of these younger companies to educate them because it's it's hard to educate on a, on a case-by-case scenario. But yeah, we want to help. We're, we're super passionate about people getting the best outcome possible. So where we can, we do. I have seen... In the last six months, this massive need for brand brand strategy and big comms brains um, on the Web3 side. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of founders and CEOs are starting to really understand that they have the need, but maybe don't really understand who fits mm-hmm. the bill, right? My least favorite thing that I see is when prospective clients come to us and they say, we were just with a branding agency for a month. Well, we just had a publicist for a month and it's like, well, these things take time. And so I think right. that education is, is, is hard if someone isn't used to this industry. And a lot of founders in you know, these spaces are, are technical leads, exactly. um, which again is challenging unless they've got like marketing needs to sit at the table. Yeah. And I think that that's just a, it's just an educational piece that people need to understand. I think that there's so much talent kind of buried in agencies. Has that come up on the agency side? Like what are conversations with agency leaders? Agencies are some of our biggest clients. I think that agencies more than almost brands right now have been in what we refer to as a bit of a talent drought. Um, One of the things that we saw during the pandemic, obviously, was 
agencies completely downsize teams. And yes, to an extent, that's bounced back. Um, but I think what we'll continue to see is agencies will keep leaner teams and upskill when they need to. And so, you know, agencies use our platform in a way that if they know that they're about to win automotive business, you can go on and save 50 creative directors in automotive or what, whatever the example is. That's great. So I think that one of the reasons that agencies like the platform is this unified transparency into understanding everyone that they potentially could bring on or create a team. I think one of the things that's interesting with agencies as well, and this is a, a segue into our second product operator, but there is this need for not necessarily like three or six or 12 month fractional work, but an hour or a day of advisory for particular industries. And so um, we saw a lot of agencies come to the platform and saying, you know, we're pitching on a beverage client. We need to speak to a beverage expert. Um, and that kind of is why we launched uh, our expert network operator uh to give access to these thought leaders that can really help and advise. We launched it with, you know, leading CMOs and agency leads and heads of DEI and content leaders. But the demand that we're seeing extends well beyond marketing and it's how people think about marketing. So it's, you know, it's psychologists, it's domain experts in the most interesting fields. You know, it's really interesting and, and it, I hear it come up often, uh, the T-shaped skill set knowing a little bit about everything, but really going deep on a specific subject matter. I'm just curious to know, both of you, do you consider yourself specialists or generalists? I think when I was in a job, when I was at Notch or Archetypes before that or Westfield, I was a specialist. And then being a founder of an 18-month-old company where I am HR and legal and sales and marketing, I'm 100% a generalist. Alexa, what are you? I mean, I'm T-shaped, going deep in many areas, um, which has actually built up my, what I would say is a very strong generalist skill set around classic marketing, right? Marketing that creates value, that creates products, right? Well, what about you, Laura? Yeah, definitely a T. I find though the vertical portion of the T having to become more splintered. Um, the media landscape is just evolving so rapidly. You can no longer just be the best negotiator, buyer, et cetera, and so forth. You really have to, I believe, understand new business models. I'm fascinated with the thought of thinking about my first media buy through crypto. Like, what is that going to look like? What does the infrastructure have to entail? Like, all of these things. So, I think the T is getting splintered, but I find um, in order to stay hyper competitive in the marketing arena, your horizontal is being pushed to limits that I never thought possible. So hyper-specialist, generalist, generalist, hyper-specialist, depending on the day, I suppose. Capital T. Capital T. Let's end yeah. it with a bold, capital bold, T. Bold, italicized, and underlined. Yes. So speaking of capital T, let's talk about capital P. How do people join and get involved with publicists? And how are you also thinking about operator and vetting folks for operator? Let's start with operator um, because that is that's a really highly curated group of people. Uh, it's word of mouth. We still interview everyone. It started. Uh, we launched with two hundred and fifty of you know the leading marketers in the U.S. and you know there's well two hundred fifty two. We'll be on the platform soon enough. 
<laughs> I know, I know. And we, we did actually just launch the ability to uh, donate to charity, which is something we're really excited about. And I know that that's great. something that you both wanted to be involved on. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, that's but great. so many also past Atlantia guests from like Cindy Gallup to Nancy Hill to Andrew Essex to Kimry. It's just, we're just going through. Um, the Atlantia episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that should be an automatic vetting. This is a pipeline, yeah. Have you been on Atlantia? Oh, I love that. <laughs> Um, we'll give everyone a special code. (laughs) Essentially, we tried to, again, go vertically. So understand, do we have enough people in, you know, healthcare? Do we have enough people in consumer? Do we have enough people in fintech, whatever it was? And so that was very much the, the rationale to begin with. And the way operator works is it's, you're able to go on and understand that the Adlandia team are available on Friday for at 4 p.m. and their rate is x hundred dollars an hour and they're either giving this to charity or they're not we ask people you know what is this meeting about what are you looking to get out of it and so it's really trying to again create access to thought leaders that have been pretty inaccessible um to date and so we will continue to keep operator as a really high level uh group of these thought leaders and will expand over time but again if an agency says to us we need five psychologists on X, we'll go and find them and then onboard them to the platform. With Publicist, Publicist is much more of a network. It's much more mass. Um, it's You go onto the platform, you apply. It's super, super simple. And then from there, um, we vet people to the platform. So, Lara, what does the next year look like for you? How are you growing? Where are you going? So the big focus of 2022 is this enterprise solution. So what we've really figured in the last 18 months is, you know, bigger the bigger the company, bigger the problem. Um, and so really excited to expand our enterprise offering. Um, we're hiring some really, really smart generalists, specialists, unicorns, everything on pretty much every function of the business, which is exciting. Uh, and then um, expanding into some very exciting markets as well. Like geographical? Geographical markets. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we're excited to see all things publicist, operator, and beyond in 22. But you know, before we go, we have to play our game. Bye, bye, bye. In 22, what is Lara saying goodbye to? B-Y-E. What would you love to buy? B-U-Y. And what would you like to do yourself that you're not already doing, although we know your plate is very full? B-Y. Let's start with B-Y. I, I'd love to do a consumer product one day. I just think it, like the ability to create something that's physical is just awesome, but that's years away because we need to figure out this this marketplace first. Um, in terms of what would I buy? Wait, go back to that for just one second, though. Yeah. What's the product? Do you know what? I like twice a day, I'll come up with something. Yesterday, it was like turmeric tea, and then you go on Amazon and there's 8 million turmeric tea providers, but something like, just a consumer good. It would be amazing. All right. We'll think about this with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. All right. Yeah. Turmeric tea today. It's not Vegemite. It has nothing oh. to do with Vegemite. I'm sorry. XO, you Aussies. Um, I can't handle it. <laughs> I know. But do you want to know an amazing thing about um, Vegemite that Bonin actually told me years ago? Was Bonin it- Bo is who I think you're talking. Yeah, exactly. Guess how many jars of Vegemite they sell every year? Like millions. Millions. Well, it, it, I think for the last like 
few decades, it's exactly correlated with the population of Australia. So I think it's like there's, there's this graph and in five years there were 20 million people and today there are 25 million people. It is the exact amount of humans there are in the country at the one time, which I just think is so interesting. Okay, so what are you saying goodbye to or what are you buying? I mean, in terms of saying goodbye to, there are so many things on social media that I'd love to say goodbye to from the vanity metrics to filters. I mean, I'm talk to you about filters for like beauty hour. filters yeah I think so I think it'd be I, I just think on adolescents and you know younger generations it's just I'd love to see them go I think Agreed. it's really dangerous I totally agree with that this is what you would look like if your face was perfect filter have you seen this I haven't but that scares me it's everywhere it's everywhere everyone's doing it, it is great I did it to my dog he looked <laughs> the same but Um, But I mean, like the Instagram filters, I put them on and I'm like, I do not look like that. I, it's just, it's, it's really scary. And I think in like generationally people that are growing up with that right now, it's, it terrifies me. Okay. And what would you buy? B-U-Y. I wish I bought crypto five years ago and Bitcoin, but. Same. You and us both. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. I'd probably buy an education company. Um, I think that there's, it's such an interesting space. We've got a bunch of clients in uh, education right now, but I think it'll be interesting to see the necessity of university degrees in 10 and, and 20 years time. And I think that in our industry specifically, there's a slower education curve to kind of get up to speed in terms of like, you know, writing briefs and to become that practitioner. So yeah, something to do with education, I think. I love that. I'm passionate about that space too. Lara, if people want to follow you, get in touch with you, how do they do it? Yeah, my socials are at Lara Vandenberg. And then my email is lb at publicist.co. And there will be no filters on that. Zero. Zero filters. So Zero. Zero filters in 22. Yeah. Lara, thanks for coming by Atlanta. So great to see you. Thanks both. So much fun. I think Lara has really hit on a need in the market that has been totally overlooked and underserved. At the end of the day, here's what's really exciting to me about Lara's model. It actually allows more people to start exploring fractional advisory types of work. And it takes away that massive overhead of time and cost around business development as well. That takes time, that takes money, that takes energy. So taking that out of the equation gives folks the ability to get their talent, get their expertise in use in the market almost immediately. So one of the things that Laura didn't say in this episode that I think is really critical is that the time to actual job signing and starting to work, she's cut down significantly. So if you compare that to even working with a recruiter or working with like a jobs placement company, all of those things, she's cut that time down so significantly that you can get on the platform and pretty much start working almost immediately. You know, Alex, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the trending of the side hustle and the gig economy over the last few years. But what this is implying or suggesting is that it will just be the hustle. It will just be the economy. 
there will be more openness in what may be formally known as corporate structures to fractionalized ways of working and an entire marketplace out there that continues to push on how that is shaped, how that is governed. If we look at the valuations for companies in this space, if we look at the number of startups entering it, as we look at more tech enabling it, executives in the advertising, marketing, media space are likely going to have to consider how they address and evolve. And I think it's really interesting when you start to think about the role of the COO, organizational structure. I mean, the org chart, what does an org chart look like in 2022? In 2022, we are going to see so much of new learning models, new education companies, ed tech, et cetera, and platforms and tools around how to start to apply that talent across lots of different industries. And so this kind of like T-shaped person that we talk about will become more and more realized. And there may be specialist parts of it and generalist expertise across many, many areas. And that, to me, is one of the most exciting things that I think we're going to see this year. 2022. Here we go. Laura, hit it with the list of all of our friends and family at iHeart who have been so good to us and helped us get back on air. Big thank you to Bob, Connell, Carter, Andy, Eric, Gail, Val, Michael, Jen. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We'll see you in two weeks. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.